Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I am sitting in this great old house. It's called the Gresham Estate in Edgewater slash Mayo area. It's right on Central Avenue, just before you get to what used to be the old Selby Shub Shop. Um, on the left side, if you're ever coming down here, and I do recommend that you do that. Um, I am here with Sally Boyette, who is the founder and executive director of the Classic Theater of Maryland. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks Did I get all me. your titles correct? Yes, I'm the founder and the producing artistic director. Ooh, producing artistic producing director. artistic director. That means you're a producer, and so you handle you know kind of both sides of the equation. Does that mean you get in trouble when things go wrong? Oh, it means you get all the blame, and none of the credit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So obviously, you've been in uh, theater for a while, then, right? For, yes. <laughs> For longer than I'm willing to admit, because so, I only admit to being 37, so, you know. Stick with it. Stick That's with it. I'm right. 25, you know. It's worked so far. <laughs> it's worked for the last 10 years. Absolutely. Well, we are here to talk to you about a big change in the life of your organization. And if we were sitting here a year ago, we'd be sitting here with Sally Boyette, who was the creative artistic director. Did I get that right? No. Producing artistic director mm-hmm. of the Annapolis Shakespeare Company, but you're not that anymore because... You've changed the name of the organization, which is kind of exciting. Yes. Initially, you were – tell us, a, well, where did it start? I mean, we know about Annapolis Shakespeare Company. It was on sort of where Art Farm is currently now off of Chinkman Round Road, right? Right. Our first official leased space was in a rehearsal space and office space was at 111 Chinkman Round Road. And we were in the basement of that building for a couple of years. And uh, then we moved over to 1804 West Street, which is our current home. And we just recently expanded in that space. So now we have over 10,000 square feet. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. big space. I yeah, haven't seen big that. Space. We have a 125-seat indoor theater. We have a 75-seat cabaret room with a stage and lighting. It's really nice. So we have two dedicated performance spaces. And our expansion that was just completed about two weeks ago is uh, new dressing rooms, uh, new bathrooms for the actors, washer-dryer for wardrobe, um, and just expanded wardrobe areas, scene shop, prop shop, costume storage, a loading dock, and then access to the back of the building. Nobody thinks about all of those things as what you need. I mean, as, as somebody that likes the arts and the performing arts, you think, great, they got a stage, they got the wings and maybe a dressing room, and that's about it. But you don't think about everything that goes on. I mean, I know Maryland Hall just recently went through their giant expansion to add the different rooms and to store different things like that. I know that the um, Colonial Players have a place out by the bowling alley, a whole mm-hmm. separate area where they do. So I mean, people, when they attend these things, don't realize the the depth of what all is involved. It's not just the stage with those, you know, several hundred seats that are out there and the actors just hanging out waiting to come out to do it. So that's neat. And the, I'll say the support area was what you 
expanded into, right? You always had the two, the cabaret room and the main we stage? We always had the cabaret room and the main stage. And so we've done some upgrades. We've uh, carpeted the uh, main stage um, in the audience seating areas. So that's really nice. Um, we call them the VOMs. The VOMs are carpeted. So when you walk in, um, it's carpeted. That's really nice. Um, the cabaret room has always been there, but we didn't have a stage for it. So now we have the piano on a stage. We have a proscenium and the entire room is decorated like an old kind of jazz cabaret room. It's really cool. Um, a friend of mine who was a Broadway scenic designer, Meyer Wahlberger, she came and hand painted the entire room. Awesome. Yeah. So That's she, she had a few months of nothing to do recently. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a couple more months before she still has something to do. Right. I guess exactly. they're getting ready. Well, but. she's also doing big events. She, tra- she travels right. all over the world doing um, trade shows and you know designing for those kinds mm-hmm. of shows, international organizations. Um, but yeah, she had a couple months and she was uh, consulting with us on some scenic design. She did a great uh, scenic design for our um, HD theater production of Secret Garden, which we filmed recently. Well, how okay? So now, like I said, you are the classic theater of Maryland, and that's with the the fancy reversed E R R E. So you're mm-hmm. the theatre of Maryland, right? Um, why why did we change? What was wrong with uh, Annapolis Shakespeare Company? Well, nothing was wrong with it. Nothing was wrong with the name. Or what, but, what changed for the organization? I guess. Well, I, I, yeah, and I, I think it's the perception. Um, our vision is to be the regional destination for the classics in Maryland as a professional theater company, as an arts institution. And we've really been growing this institution since 2010. It started as an educational initiative. Um, I came to town from New York and, um, and I, I started teaching Damn city slickers <laughs> <laughs> and well, I loved Annapolis. You know, I, I traveled all over, um, all over nationally and internationally with Broadway shows. And when I got to Annapolis and I got to Maryland, I just thought Annapolis was charming. I thought it was just the most charming place that I'd want to live. It has the water, it has history. Um, and, uh, I just fell in love with it immediately. And so that's where, well, that's where we settled down. And, um, and my kids went to school, so I've been here for, um, for over 10 years. And I founded the company, as I said, as an educational company. And then after a couple of years, it, it was just obvious to me that we could fulfill the mission just in a, in a larger way, in a more sustainable way, if it were a professional theater company with an educational mission. And so I transferred everything over to doing professional productions, bringing in students for matinees, for workshops, having classes in schools. And we've been the largest arts provider in Anne Arundel County Public Schools for the last many years. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I imagine with 10 years, you probably came in here and you probably were like, yeah, Annapolis needs some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, because the arts community and whether that be performing or visual or, you know, any, any types of art has really sort of blossomed in the last 10 years. And and that's so exciting because arts is so important to pretty much everything. I mean, yes. you, know, you know, you look at the visual arts, I mean, you've got uh, St. John's College and you've got you've got the gallery down um, the Maryland Federation of Art. Right. You've got the right. gallery down at uh, State Circle. And you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of visual artists in Annapolis, a lot of arts and crafts in Annapolis. There's not a lot of performing arts. I mean, there's the symphony and there's the opera and there's the Ballet Theater Maryland, right. where I taught when I first got here, um, and and choreographed a couple of pieces for them for their summer program. Um, but uh, but there was no professional theater company. 
that was a regional theater company. Um, there's a lot of great community theater, and that's right. great for the people in the community to participate. But there was no theater uh, for you know people who had experience on Broadway, national tours, and something like that coming down here and performing. There's no reason why we couldn't have that here. That's a great idea. Well, now, you keep mentioning professional theater versus community theater. So are the actors that are working with you in the productions here with Classic Theater of Maryland, are they they're paid professional actors? Yes. So everybody we work with, from the actors to the designers, are all making their living from being, from a, from being a working actor, working designer, musician. And um, we have a great partnership with the Unified Jazz Ensemble. And Mike Noonan. They're great. Yeah, they play for all with all of our cabarets, and uh, they they play our room. Um, and we'll get to the cabaret room in a minute. But but yeah, all all the artists that we employ are all uh, making their living from you know this is their this is their career. This is their job. Yeah, this, this, is, this, their, is, this, this is their this job. Is, so it's not awesome. a hobby. Um, and we you know we do offer some internships and some um, some opportunities for early career professionals to come in and kind of get a get a start on the ground floor either in um, on the tech side or as understudies or really small parts in the shows or even occasionally we have a child in one of our productions um, you know tiny Tim in Christmas Carol and little fan in Christmas Carol um, of course little fan was a senior in high school this right, past right, year right, right. Um, but but for the most part they you know 99.9% of our cast crew and designers they're all seasoned professionals and you- a lot of them come from New York. Do you use volunteers at all in your we do, the organization? Yeah, we do, and that's a great question. I think any 501c3 nonprofit is is really, um, you know, is served by not only their board, but mm-hmm. also the individuals in the community that come in to volunteer, whether that's as an usher, as a box office volunteer, you know, just someone who, um, you know, just volunteers to get Hold, the word holding, out. Holding the coat while somebody does, <laughs> does a road rope change or yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, most of the people who volunteer for us are volunteering on the front of house side. Um, and we have a great marketing volunteer. She was a senior executive at a, at a really big company in the marketing department. And she, you know, she helps us a little bit with uh, here and there with things. And, and so I think it's, um, it's, it's really important because we are a 501c3. So that's important to acknowledge that, you know, we are, we are serving the community and we are in service to the community. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now last year sucked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> COVID really? Uh, you know, so my, my question is, I guess you, you were pretty much dark. We, um, uh, well, we were, su- we, we were supposed to be dark. Um, I decided to, uh, you know, to, to go to online film school. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so we, and I have a friend who's a filmmaker in DC, um, Mario Ramos, and he's, he's won five Emmys. So we just started, we started producing virtual presentations. So anything that we could do that was, you know, we had either written or it was something in the public domain. We did a feature film of Macbeth. Uh, We did a new adaptation, HD Theater of Secret Garden. And we, we did a slew of cabarets and reviews and we just and we did our Christmas Carol for uh, for HD theater, and we just tried to keep everything going. We tried to keep the actors working, so we kept everybody working, and we had no cases of COVID in our theater. So I'm knocking I'm knocking on wood, but we you know we we were very very strict with uh, with everything and masks and distancing hand washing and everything. But but we also were creating a bubble because when we were shooting scenes for the for the movie, when we we couldn't have the you know the actors not close together, 
Um, we actually cast a couple as um, as Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. That, so that, that could you know, be that, together. That's... Yeah, that made it a lot easier. But um, but no, we just created a bubble with our you know with with all, all the actors we were working together, and we were just doing show after show after show for virtual production, and uh, and so we managed to do eleven. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody, you know, they always say that, you know, if they're not thinking about you, they're forgetting about you. Right. So, I mean, that was probably very critical for the organization just to at least be out there in some way. Uh, right. As opposed to just, okay, well, turn the key and flip the lights off and we'll see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no, I and mean, everybody thought it was going to be a two-week deal. At least I did when, you know, last March I was, you know, okay, well, we'll buckle down for two weeks, maybe a month, and we'll we'll see what happens. And nobody ever – I didn't expect it to be a year and a half long yeah. ordeal, yeah. Um, which is which is great. So, but in the middle of this whole thing, as you're producing your your virtual plays and and everything else, you decided to change the name. Yes. Is that something that just came to you and you know, you know came to you in a dream? And, <laughs> no. Or is this something planned? Or well, how? it was something that I knew I, I knew we needed to do. We we hadn't put a professional sign on the building yet at eighteen oh four West Street. We needed to do a, a really nice lighted sign. We needed to we needed to make some some hard decisions about directions for marketing and advertising and everything and i knew we our vision was already to be the regional destination for the classics in maryland we just didn't have a regional name and we also didn't have um it, our name didn't convey the right understanding of of the product that we brought no no it didn't i mean yeah. an apple shakespeare coming yeah that's where i go for shakespeare yeah. i don't you know i would not think to go to you for a cabaret right or, right or, right yeah. Or something that was not Shakespeare. Right. And my background is Broadway musicals and, and you know, national tours and, and you know, nobody nobody running any any theater companies in our region has has that background. So I have a, a unique perspective of not only bringing a musical theater here, but also cabaret and, you know, jazz nights or something like that, but also the Broadway aesthetic that comes with every single one of our productions. So it's all, we do everything from Shakespeare and classic plays to modern musicals, modern adaptations of classics, cabarets, and everything in between. We do work that stood the test of time. That's amazing. Well, let's let's talk about what you've got. I know right now here at the Gresham Estate, you are doing a theater under the stars of a Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, which is back to your roots. This is Shakespeare. Right. And it's, you know, as I looked around this estate, and that sounds a little pretentious, but it's what it is, was. But this is such a beautiful property. Uh, there's plenty of trees. So when it's in the evening, it's probably very, very temperate and easy to deal with. Yes. Plenty of parking. Plenty of parking. It's it's really nice. I mean, I know I know what our audience wants, especially our Annapolis audience. They want they want parking that's easy and convenient, mm-hmm. and they want a great show, and that's what they get with us. Um, it's a high quality professional production. It's world class theater. That's what we do, and um, and they can sit out on the lawn. We have a bar. They can get a nice drink. Okay, so Annapolis wants wants, wants entertainment, a bar. Okay, so <laughs> and parking. Bar, and parking. parking. That's it in a nutshell. Wear shorts, shorts and flip flops. <laughs> That's right. You can be as casual as you want at our theater as long as you're clothed. Thank you very much. <laughs> do, in, in in your your physical theater, mm-hmm. uh, do you have a dress code? We don't have a dress code. I mean, you know, I tend to I tend to dress up in the theater. It's a big deal to me. It's always well, that's been you. a big deal. That's me, that, that, right? That, that, that's... And I'm I'm the um, you know I'm I'm the person who's who's the the face of the theater. Um, we but no, there is not a dress code. It's it's come as you are. 
Um, and we have our, we have a nice bar. We let people take their glasses of wine or, right. you know, their, their spirits into the theater. And of course we serve them in glass. Right. And so that's really nice. Um, there, there's just an element. It's, there's a, there's an upscale classy element to everything that we do, but it's, it, you know, it, it comes with it, the comfortability, you know, you can come in your, in your shorts and with or without your socks, with your, uh, yeah, with your, your boat shoes, with and, your boat and, shoes. And it'd be fine. Exactly. But you know, it's funny. I, I sort of lament, I really liked the old days when you dressed up to fly. Yeah. Uh, I liked when you went to the theater, you wouldn't, I, I mean, it was, you know, my dad was giving me the side eye and the iffy thing when I would go without a tie. Mm-hmm. And that was really very special. And it's, and it's really sort of deteriorated in, even in New York at this, at, at this point. I mean, you, there are, there are people that still do dress up obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's events. And I mean, there's plenty of formality in, you know, on Broadway. Um, but there, the, the casualness has come in and, and I think it lost, I mean, the, certainly the performances are just, just great and the acting and everything else, but I think it's, the experience has lost a little bit for me and maybe that's just the, the, you know, the, the old, the fat old guy just being a, a grouch. Well, I, yeah, but I think if you come to our opening nights, uh, we do tend to dress up for our mm-hmm. opening nights and, and encourage the audience to dress up as well. Um, and you know, I'll go so far as to put, you know, black tie optional or, you know, festive attire right, right, on, right. on invitations. Um, but any, you know, any of our subscribers or as single ticket purchasers can come to our opening nights. Um, and, but I think the theater, I think it's nice to be able to get dressed up and, and have a special night out. I agree. And, yeah. You know, on the opposite, I can argue too, that, you know, it opens it up to a lot more if, you know, I don't want to go to the stupid play and put the suit on. And, you know, <laughs> you know I, I mean, I, I, that conversation is probably had you know, all over the place. Oh, sure. And sure. it's like, well, you know, you can just throw on a polo shirt and a pair of shorts and, and, and some flip-flops. Hey, I'm in. Yeah. Well, we don't want the dress code to be a barrier to someone coming to the theater. It shouldn't be. Um, you know, we want the theater to be a place where, where people feel comfortable. They feel welcome. Um, our theater is, it's a very intimate space. We have 125 seats. All of the seats have a great view of the stage. So uh, we have arena seating, which means that okay. yeah, the, the seats go up as you go further back. And we only have seven rows in the center, and we have three rows on either side. So everybody's within a 20-foot distance of the stage. So when you know when a scene is happening, and of course our acting style is it, it is professional, but it's also very realistic. So there's a natural quality to the acting. It's you know it's it's as if you're in the living room with someone, yeah, and you yeah. know you're you're there. And so there's there's that quality that the uh, the actors uh, in the productions draw the audience in. And they invite the audience into the world, and that's what we do. So if we're doing a Shakespeare play or if we're doing a, a Chekhov or if we're doing Dickens, you know, we're, we're bringing the audience in and inviting them into that world. And they're, they're living in that world for a period of, of two hours. It's immersive. It is. It's, it's really immersive. You mentioned subscriptions. Is that, how, is that where a good part, part of your funding comes? I mean, you need people to subscribe to your seasons. It is. It's the best way to support us. Absolutely. Um, you know, we are, we are the destination for the classics in Maryland. And, and I think we're also a jewel in the crown of Annapolis. You know, Annapolis has some great inst- arts institutions and we're now one of them. And, and it's, it's wonderful to be a pillar in the community like that, but it also requires the continuous support of the community. Um, you know, and, and so we just encourage and, and ask people to, you know, to keep supporting us and to keep subscribing. We do over 170 live performances a year in a regular season. It's more than any other arts organization in our County put together. 
Well, sure. The opera rolls in and they they, they do two weekends, yeah. uh, you know, twice a year or so, three times a year or something yeah. like that. I, yeah. So we're employing over 100 artists annually, and many of them do multiple shows with us back to back, overlapping productions. And, and you've got stage crew and you've got technicians, you've got designers. You know, we have 12 to 17 actors in every production, just a regular size production. And I mentioned designers. And so there, there are a lot of people who have their hands in that. We've been working with film guys. So we've had entire film crews in our theater and everybody's paid. So that is driving not only the artist salaries, but it's also contributing to the local economy. Everybody goes out to get food. Everybody goes out in the evening, you yeah. know, and then when the audiences come back to the theater, which now they are. And, uh, and they're coming and they're, they're calling up and saying, you know, I'm coming from out of town. What restaurant should I go to? I'm going to stay at a hotel. You know, where, where should we go for, for drinks after the show? And so that's just a great, you know. When do you guys open up your bar next door? That's right. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a bar in the theater. Right, so, right, you know, right. so you, you can come in and before the show, you know, during the show and, and, and right after the show and you can get something to drink. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, the, you know, the professional arts organizations are really, really helping to drive the economy and they're helping with tourism. Right. And, and individual tickets obviously are available as well. Individual tickets are always available to our shows. And, and obviously subscribers, um, you know, there's a, it's wonderful to be a subscriber because you can pick your seats. You can have your same seats over and over. And, um, and single ticket subscribers can go on our website and choose the seats they would like. Right. It's just nice that the subscribers at the beginning, before the tickets are even opened up to the general public, they can choose where they want to sit, which shows they're coming to. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. They can come to all the opening nights if they want. And then if you subscribe to the main stage, we have a seven show package and then we have a five show sampler for people who either have seen Christmas Carol 157 times or, you know, they've are, they just are not sure which shows they're in town for. You know, maybe they have a, you know, they're, they're living in Florida half the time. And so you can do a five show sampler and then either subscription brings with it a 50% discount to our cabaret series. So we have a monthly cabaret on our cabaret stage with the unified jazz ensemble and talented vocalists. We bring down a Broadway guest artist to sing with us. And so that's a full costumed and choreographed show once a month. That people can and that's just one to. show once a month. One show once a month. We have a whole subscription for the cabaret, so that's twelve. Right. Uh, but you can get it for half price if you're a subscriber to the regular main stage. And part of our main stage, we have the indoor shows, which are great. And then we also have our Reynolds Tavern annual Tuesday night show. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. out on the patio there. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And we weren't able to do that last year or this year. It's just the the reopening just happened a little too late. Yeah. You know, we, we had had our actors really on hold for just months and months and months. And, and you, you know, you finally have to make decisions and say, well, you know, okay, we're going to try again next year. Um, rather than waiting until, you know, everything was opened up completely. Cause I think at the time that, uh, uh, you know, the decision to open fully with no restrictions on how many tables and the distance of tables happened about a week too late <laughs> this year for us I, to plan I, it. You know, I felt bad for these businesses that were, you know, whether it be restaurants or the customer facing and the distancing. And it's like, okay, you can be close. You can be far. You got to, you know, yeah. half, half, four, you know, it was just, and, and nobody really knew what, what was what. And it was, yeah. it was difficult. I know I've yeah. talked to a lot of people that have said, why. Well, Hogan lifted the state of emergency. Why can't the festivals happen? I said, well, the festivals, I mean, it's not like you take some seeds and sprinkle some water on them and a, and a festival pops up. Right. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know, this is, this is a long, I mean, you know, you, you've got, you know, weeks and weeks of rehearsals. It's weeks and weeks of rehearsals, but it's also months and months 
prior to that of planning, of costume building, of, you know, and in, in, in Reynolds Tavern, we do fabulous costumes because we usually set it in the 17th century mm-hmm. just to go with the architecture. And a lot of our shows there are very light, fluffy body, campy Moliere plays or Goldoni or something that sure, really, it's an, you know, it's appeals. It's in the pub. That's right. That's right. It's a little sassy. We have a funny saying, you know, nothing's too tacky for the tavern. Um, but, but we don't really mean that in that way. But it's just a lot of fun. The shows are a lot of fun there and the audience has a great time. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of pre-production planning that goes into everything. It, you know, I, yes, we can put on a show in five minutes if someone asks us to, but that's really more along the lines of the cabarets and the music, you know, the music right. nights. Right. And, and now your season, does it, when does it typically a season for classic theater start? In April, March? April? No, it starts September. So, so the season will start in September. Um, the uh, the cabaret in September will be our first production, and we're going through the decades in our cabaret series. So every month we'll do, you know, we'll hit a new decade. Oh, that's and fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, and we've got some new terrific cabaret performers joining us this year. So it's 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 lovely. It's a lovely time, and of course we'll have the UJE, um, the Unified Jazz Ensemble, playing for us. And um, and then we open our season with Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Well, right now, and then I guess we're in the middle toward the end of the season here. We're recording this in July, and you have a Midsummer Night's Dream here at the Gresham Estate. Right. And this was the end of what was supposed to be our 2020-21 season. And this is the only one we got in live <laughs> the entire season. And, you know, the planning and the replanning and the replanning and the shuffling the plans – um, you know, I've gone back to the drawing board so many times in the last year and a half with plans that I don't even want to think about it. But I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, all this has finally um, come to an end and, and the audience seems really willing to come back and, um, you know, Certainly. and Why sit would- on the lawn and have a nice beverage and watch a terrific play. Well, when you were during the COVID, I mean, you said you were recording movies and, and I'm presuming that they were being streamed to your subscribers and whatnot. Are you going to continue? Is that streaming going to continue post-COVID? Well, we, or? we continued it through the entire season. We, we did open up the cabarets in June and we started doing the cabarets for audiences in June and the band started playing a jazz night. So we started having jazz nights. So now we have some bands coming in and playing the room, the cabaret room, which is great. The room sounds great. Um, the different bands are really loving, uh, you know, being in there. And so we've opened up our theater. Part of our community engagement is br- opening up the theater when we're not using it to other organizations to come and use it. Okay. And so we've got, um, we've got the talent machine using, um, the main stage okay, for the nice. next six weeks. And while we're outside, and then we have some bands playing and we've had a couple of local guys. Mike Noonan sets up the groups and I think it's really nice. I mean, a lot of the musicians have been hit really hard, um, you know, cause gigging is their, I mean, that's their livelihood and they yeah. haven't been able to do that. There were no gigs. Yeah. There were no gigs and also the teaching jobs, yeah. you know, so the teaching dries up. And so, you know, so this is an opportunity for, you know, guys to come out and play the room and, and, you know, and, and we work it out with them as far as the, you know, the, the ticket sales and the, sure. the, the room and everything else. So, so, so that's really nice. And, you know, music is really close to my heart and, and I, you know, I'm glad to have the room used continuously. I think the theater should be used. Yeah. You've, you've got it. You've built it and now, yeah. they're, now they're coming. So that's, that's right. A, that's that's awesome. right. And we also have a great educational program. So, uh, we just hired a new education director and he's joining us, um, on Monday. And he'll be starting, we'll be starting with new classes in the theater. Cause now with our expansion, we have three studio spaces. So not only do we have the two, um, 
professional, you know, performing areas, but now we have three studios. We have a, you know, that's just a a great area so we can have uh, kids from the neighborhood and and everybody coming in after school and Saturday programming. Are you pulling from the schools? We are. We are. Um, um, We're still serving Anne Arundel County schools. We're serving the private schools and um, the special needs schools. And um, we go into the schools, but we also like to bring the schools into our theater. And it's just a really great way to when the students are in your theater, they're immersed in the world. So it's a, it's a different it's a different world. I mean, it is. It's, it's you know it's a PowerPoint presentation with being listening to somebody you right. know, actually give a TED talk versus watching it on YouTube. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, when you go into a gym, a cafetorium, and you're putting on a show, yeah. you know, you're taking what you can carry, and you're trying to keep their attention. And it's in this world that is just you know comes with its own distractions. But when they come in the theater. It's we can control the environment. We can control the lights and the sound and the aesthetic the whole and nine everything. Yards, the yeah. yeah. And, you know, you dim the lights and, and you just, you, you know, you put a really amazing piece of theater in front of people. And, and what we do as artists is we make people feel. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it elicits a, a solid feeling in there. Is streaming an option for I mean, I know that you did. I mean, like, is there a, a streaming subscription? I know some places have looked to do some streaming subscriptions. If, mm-hmm. if you can, I know like um, community theater, colonial players, like they've got snowbirds. Mm-hmm. So that, that are going down that would still want to support it. And as opposed to buying the season thing for, you know, 300 bucks or whatever it may be, they're able to buy a hundred dollar streaming package and they, they invested in all that. Is that something that you guys are? Well, sure. I mean, we have, uh, you know, we, we have professionally filmed and edited all of our content for the past year. So we have 11 pieces that are virtual. So, so people can stream that. Um, we'll continue to probably um, pick two of our productions and stream them, um, you know, as, as we go throughout the next season. But we did that to honor our ticket sales and our subscribers for this entire shutdown. Sure. So, um, you know, so we, we, we didn't... Uh, um, we wanted to be able to do that as well as employ the artists that we had already, you know, we'd already hired them. Mm-hmm. Some exciting work that we're doing is with the Macbeth project. We actually took an entire Shakespeare play, turned it into a feature film with an educational component that goes along with it. So we can license that to schools and let the schools use that for, to teach the to play teach, to, teach to students, because, you know, you can't teach Shakespeare by reading it, you have you you have to either perform it or see it performed, and that that's how you immerse yourself in 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 Shakespeare's language and Shakespeare's culture, and you know, and wherever the the film is set, we set our Macbeth. We filmed it in four historic locations around Anne Arundel County. Um, one of them was uh, at the Brown House at Historic London Town. Uh-huh. The second place was here on the Gresham Estate on the lawn. Uh, this this house stood in for the Macduff House. And then we filmed at St. Anne's Church downtown right. and uh, Whitehall, the Whitehall estate. Right. And we set the production in post-Revolutionary War in Arundel County and complete with the costumes and the wigs and the manners and the props and everything was period specific. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it, I mean... I guess filming it actually gives you a lot more options to, you know, with, with your set. I mean, you're on a stage. I mean, you've got so much that you can do with set design. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really, really neat. You guys yeah. are so creative to be able yeah. to, to do that. Well, thank you. Um, we did have a professional, um, you know, film crew working with us. So we used Cabeza Hueca Films. Yeah, I figured it wasn't like the third grader going no, with the, no, with the, no, with the no. handy camera. But, um, but I directed it. And it was, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. And a lot of our actors already had film experience. So it really just is a, it's a, it's a change 
in style, um, more so than, you know, yeah. it's not a different technique for the most part. It's just a change in style. And if, you know, the, the, it's just a, a simple adjustment because you're, you know, your eyeballs are 20 feet apart on a big screen right. as opposed to being on a stage and you've got to get people to look at you, um, and, and not pull focus from your, you know, fellow actor. But when you're in a film, I mean, you know, the director and with the help of an editor can really control where the focus is. And so it's, uh, it was, it was really a lot of fun. We really enjoyed doing it. Um, we shot the feature film in 14 days. So a day, a day early, and a couple bucks under budget. So that was a really good thing. And, and of course, we'll make that available to the schools right. throughout the state. Classic Theater Maryland is the website. It's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. And it's a dot org because you are a nonprofit. I'm imagining if somebody wants to write a huge check to you, that's an option as opposed to just buying uh, a subscription or buying a couple individual tickets to as a nonprofit. Absolutely. No, as, as I like to say, no donation is too large and no donation is too small. That, that is true. And we do yeah. have a very giving community. Uh, I will say that uh, you look at, you know, through COVID and, and the different organizations and, uh, you know, quite honestly, we should have seen like many communities in the country should have seen a lot more organizations and businesses go out of business than, yeah. uh, than we did. So we're very fortunate to live in an area where the community does support it, whether it be for food insecurity, for, you know, and, and we do recognize that we need the arts. The arts are such a critical component of what we have. I mean, we've got the water, we've got the sailing, we've got the boating and all that kind of stuff. And we've got, you know, good schools and, you know, job centers nearby and they say we're recession proof because you know, <laughs> we're in dc with the federal government and everything else but all that comes together and you bring in 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 the arts that we've got and you guys yeah. are just doing a you know a, an incredible job to bring it i didn't realize that you had you know the cabaret it was was a, was a wonderful thing and i definitely have to get out there i am embarrassed that i've not been out to see a cabaret night yeah, that we'll, sounds like we'll fun. come and see it we have a lot of fun and you know the arts is the last quarter of discretionary spending and, and, and for that reason, you know, we are in line behind other um, education and social services and, and, you know, and organizations that are who are soliciting for human need. Right. And they're so important. But the arts is also very important. I mean, it's the mark of a civilized society. You put a play in front of somebody and you put world class theater in front of them. And it's the only place where you can go and have a shared experience and, you know, be made to feel, be made to feel something and, and to look at something maybe from a different way, in a different perspective. Yep. Well, what was the Shakespeare set of music? Be the food of love, play on? Play on. That's, That's right. right. Twelfth night? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so got it. <laughs> Thank who, who said it? Orsino. <laughs> okay. We're going we're to cut that off right here at this point because uh, you're, you're getting a little bit too deep in there. But I want to thank you very much. Sally Boyette, who is the founder and the producing creative. Producing artistic Art- director. I know. Producing artistic director. It's entirely director. too long-winded, but I do Pad. Well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. Pad, producing artistic director. Okay. Sally Boyette, who is the founder and the producing artistic director for the Classic Theater of Maryland. And yeah, this is so exciting. I'm very excited for you to be out here at the Gresham Estate. Oh, and real quick, we've talked about the Gresham Estate a couple of different times. We sort of told where it was. Is this going to be a pseudo-permanent type of a fixture for you going forward? Yes, this will be our annual summer home for our summer Shakespeare. 
Okay, so you've got a long-term deal with the Greshams. Yeah, the Greshams. <laughs> and, yes. and this is owned by the county now, you this were telling is, Yes, and this is, you know, and, and we're really fortunate to be able to be um, really the trailblazer here, you know, in, in this new park, because this will be an arts park eventually. So we're, we're thrilled to be here. Now that you've been here for a couple of weeks with uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, are you still getting calls like, where the hell is this? <laughs> well, I think the fact that there are two addresses and and there are two different versions of GPSs and how they recognize the addresses. So really, 784 Central Avenue East is the easier one to find rather than right. 784 Mayo Road. But it's the same address. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I never thought Mayo Road would come down this way. I mean, Mayo Road is like Route 2 to Central Avenue to me. Oh, okay. Well, I thought originally maybe Mayo went all the way to I mean, Mayo. It, pro- it probably did yeah. at one point when there were horse and buggies. But this, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've only been here, you know, 20 years. But I mean, it's always well, been clearly, central. John, you haven't been here since there were horse and buggies <laughs> since you're only 25. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm really good at math. But uh, and good memory, too. 37, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, it is on Central Avenue. What most people would realize is Central Avenue. You go past the high school and the middle school. And it is on the left just before you get to Lake Selby Shop Shop and the, uh, yeah. the little garden center. Center on the left. Yeah, it's right across from River Road. Yeah. And we've got a little sign out there. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, really come check us out with Midsummer Night's Dream. It's, it's really nice. It, it, I think it's once the sun goes down, the entire audience area, or, you know, once the, the shade passes over on 630, the entire audience area is um, in the shade. You can bring a picnic. You can sit on the lawn. You can bring your own chairs if you want or blanket. We also have chairs here for you. And you can get something nice from the bar. And then you can sit out and have a really nice evening. Sounds like a perfect evening, to be honest with you. I think so. ClassicTheaterMaryland.org is the website. And T-H-E-A-T-R-E again, uh, just because the little twist on the spelling there, that's depending right. on whether you go with the... I guess it's, well, you know, it's the posh spelling. That's right. But we that's are right, a we're so, we're, so, we're, we're so posh here. We're so posh here. <laughs> Boy, there's a word that never... Posh in Annapolis. I wonder how many times that's been used in a sentence before. I don't know. Sally well, I'm, I'm here to make Annapolis posh. That's, that's right. She's the, she's the posh maker. Sally Boyette, thank you very much. I appreciate all your time today. I love your dog. If you want to put them in my bag all right and uh, yeah come see sadie sadie's in the show too yeah i don't think i'll put her in a show for a while because you know she's a diva but it's yeah, nice to true, have her true true do we have to bring roses and throw them up for her when oh i don't or, know or maybe maybe a little ki- bit of kibble or something but um no but she's good she was mentioned in the reviews so of course that that went to her head very neat yeah very we had neat. a ni- nice review the other day well thank you again very much for your time congratulations on the expansion everything that you've done the name change the branding change uh uh, Classic Theater of Maryland, and it, it is still all over the website. Formerly known as Annapolis Theater. That's Company. right. Well, we'll keep it. You know, we'll keep it formerly Annapolis Shakespeare Company for a while, just until everyone has the new association. Right. And then, you know, probably, uh, you know, hopefully within six months, everyone will know who we are and where we are, and they'll come and check us out. And go to the website. Definitely check out some of the upcoming shows. I am going to be uh, September. I'm going to be in for the uh, for the cabaret. The, by the decades. What decade are you starting with? We're starting with the 20s. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're not doing costumes. I hate costumes, but I mean, I'm sure people <laughs> will dress up in costumes, but it's. Well, uh, you can if you want, you know, but, you know, we're not the Ren Fair, so you don't have to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, the entertainment is on the stage, and, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. 
And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.